This is CouncilCast, part of the Legal Talk Network, and I'm your host, Karen Conroy. When you face a complex case outside your expertise, you bring in a co-counsel for next-level results. When you want to engage, expand, and elevate your firm, you bring in a marketing co-counsel. In this podcast, I bring in marketing experts who each answer one big question to help your firm achieve more. Here's today's guest. Hi there. I'm Jennifer Forrester, and I help lawyers avoid random acts of marketing. I'm a business development coach with 20 years in legal marketing. My clients are lawyers who want to attract and maintain and deepen real relationships, both at work and in their personal lives. I think business development can be an act of self-care, really part of, long, of a longevity lifestyle that includes social fitness routines, right? Like healthy habits and meaningful plans for keeping our relationships in really good shape. Awesome. Okay, this is going to be this is going to be so cool because it's a little different, but we're like bringing it all together to make sense for a combination of business development and marketing and how we can this all can make sense and but also kind of work with who you really are and so cool. I'm excited. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. I'm this is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm so glad you're excited. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the invitation and the enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So the topic and the title for the show is is your marketing a bridge to creating strong connections. So what we're going to focus in on is how you do that, what that means, and why that matters. So let's start first with kind of typical messaging and marketing and what 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 I know you and I see all the time, kind of probably where clients are coming to either either of us first and where they're coming from a place that's not working and what's happening there that is not making those connections. So describe kind of what's happening both in their sort of marketing and networking and social approaches that is either not happening at all or just not working. Yeah, thank you for that. So I think there's a relationship recession Yes. Oh, that's good. I, I like think, that. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's contributing to some marketing missteps. I think lawyers are uniquely positioned to be in a relationship recession. I, I think they have mm, the hazards of being lawyers, occupational hazards, dealing yeah. with intense pressure, deadlines, the billable hour, long, long days, competition, and then Plus their general personality. I think their yes. general personality traits. 100%. To be really broad and stereotypical, but well, <laughs> yeah. It's real. The struggle yeah. is real because they they were trained and conditioned to think like a lawyer. And yeah. so they show up as they're paid to do and and what they're good at trying to poke holes in things, uh, assessing risk, right? Yes. Drilling down on what could go wrong. And when they show up like that, when they don't need to be lawyering, that doesn't, that can really inhibit relationship building. And I, I saw this happening with my clients as a business development coach. We try to focus a lot on the people that we need to be building relationships with and making plans for how to deepen those connections. And my clients would create their own homework about how they wanted to do that. And then we talk about it when we meet again. And I noticed this pattern that they weren't, they weren't doing their homework. 
Oh, so give me an example of what this homework is that they could not kind of tackle that was like such a hurdle. Well, it's it's simple stuff, right? It's it's making a phone call, reaching out to someone in particular, following yeah. up, following up instead of you know, they would get stuck in well, they didn't get back to me. They are not interested. They yeah. ghosted me. It's like, well, try again. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's yeah. busy. Right. Yeah. So a lot of connections kind of things, human interaction instead of like paperwork and busy work and hiding behind the computer. Yeah. Or getting, making plans to be on social media. Mm. Right. And, yeah. And we can talk about this perhaps in a minute, but I really think social media use needs to translate into real life activities. Yes. Okay. So they come to you, you guys sit down, make a plan. The goal is to kind of create connections, reach out to people and it's not happening. And so then what's the next step? Do you kind of have a moment where there's sort of a coming to Jesus thing or do you, how do you kind of translate that into getting some kind of progress? Yeah. I mean, everybody's different. And that's the beauty of coaching is that we can provide a really safe space and be sort of a thinking partner to allow them to get to their own inner answers. But yeah. I, I really wanted to understand this and started diving into the research and kind of uncovered what's been going on for quite a while, but this disconnection that we're all experiencing that's not just a part of the pandemic and this lack of social connection and how important meaningful relationships are, not just to our business growth, but yes. to our personal satisfaction, well-being, physical health, mental health. I've actually put together uh, an MCLE program that connects the dots between social connection and duty of competence. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, cause I think that some of this can get kind of shoved under the, the woo woo category and they feel like it's not necessarily super as critical as learning about some subsection of a certain kind of law that might apply to some case or whatever. But how does that play out? So let's say that they're seriously lacking in this connection and they just can't get through those hurdles, how does that play out in terms of lack of competence? So when we're thinking about duty of competence, you know, and what's in the best interest of our clients, social disconnection can show up as missed appointments, decreased work performance, changes in our mood, not connecting with our clients, things that can lead to malpractice claims. Sure not being able to collaborate and negotiate well with others, being overly defensive, yeah, incivility, anger and aggression, this disconnection. And when it gets to chronic loneliness, it can just pop up in so many ways. And I, I think I just, I want to talk about this more because there's a stigma around it. People aren't likely to raise their hand and say, you know, I'm kind of lonely. Yes. Right. So, yeah. but there are a lot of people who experience measurable levels of loneliness yeah. very often. 
Well, you know, when you were talking, what I'm picturing is that I think on a very surface level, a lot of attorneys see themselves as what you were describing earlier in terms of risk avoidance and, you know, kind of getting into the middle of these conflicts and everything. But at the end of the day, your job really does kind of come down to what you were describing more recently in terms of negotiation. And so when you're having these conversations and it's negotiating, that is very complex human interaction. And you really, it's, you know, chess on a kind of communications level. And if you're coming at it in an angry, grumpy, and just disconnected way and you have all these underlying personal feelings, there's no way it's going to be as successful as if you're coming at it from a different kind of state of mind. Yeah. It sure creates the wrong vibes with negotiation, collaboration, yeah. team building, yeah. client client service. And and it translates into our personal lives. Sure. Yeah. And when it comes to connections, you know, we need close relationships to help buffer the stress of the everyday life. When we have too much chronic stress happening, that sort of low level fight or flight mode that's kind of always there, all that stress hormone and all that inflammation that's constantly happening in our bodies, that's really bad for us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, strong relationships help us calm down, vent, yeah. feel heard, feel seen. Right. So you can start to see why I'm really interested in helping lawyers rethink relationship building as a bit of an act of self-care, yes. networking with purpose, things like that. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about connection, getting the networking piece, and kind of finding all of those people that are going to boost you. And Honestly, like at the end of the day, the business side of this, it really does tie right directly into, you know, your your level of success. So, but I want to hone in more specifically on connecting with clients and how that relates to your marketing efforts. I mean, obviously, there is a significant part of this that we're talking about kind of connecting with a network and networking and all of that. But for a moment, let's set that aside and kind of hone in on the client side of it. And how can we really connect with them in an efficient way that number one connects, kind of conveys the right message and is makes the firm and yourself more approachable and and how does that all work in an effective way so that it it supports your marketing and the overall kind of business development side of things. Yeah. I, you know, your expertise these days is kind of table stakes, right? And you can show that through your marketing, your thought leadership, your website bio, your LinkedIn profile, but people want to work with real human beings and bringing a level of humanity, a level of personality into those marketing channels, those marketing mediums, I think is where I'm trying to work with my clients. Yeah. That is a way to not be in a sea of sameness, right? But yes. to, to try to stand out. I find a lot of fear around that, that they really feel like the right answer is what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And so how do you break through that? It's tricky, right? Yeah. I, I mean, really I'd is. love to know what are your tech, like, how are you getting it done? 
So, I mean, I have a very just kind of direct personality. <laughs> and so I don't really beat around the bush. I, I will say, so, okay, so you are in Cincinnati and you have a law firm and you want to put a, a picture of the skyline of Cincinnati on your website and then just say, we are X law firm in Cincinnati that does Y kind of law. So why did you hire me? You know, what, what are we doing here? Because if you already have that answer and you just want to do what everybody else is doing, what is the point? So then like we have to really drive at like what, what drove them to hire me or consider hiring me. Maybe we're not at the point where, you know, they have actually done that yet because <laughs> I still have that same personality either way. But if there's a reason that they reached out and a reason that they are considering going through this process, this is the same reason that we don't do the skyline of Cincinnati. Mm. And that reason is that like at the core, they can't be the same as everyone else because there's no point in that. Then, you know, why would your client hire you? And so that's another way I kind of turn it around is to put it in terms of how they talk to their clients about hiring them. So their client comes to you, your client comes to you and says that they sh should just do their divorce through LegalZoom. What do you say? You know, what do you say to them? And, you know, why shouldn't they do that? So that's the same for your marketing. So, you know, the reason that you need to be different and you need my help is because I, I know how to make this work for you. And I know the po possible problems that you could have by going to LegalZoom. And there's similar issues in your marketing. There's all kinds of potential problems you're going to have. You're going to come back to me in a couple of years and say, my website does nothing. It's made me no money. I'm sitting here and I can barely pay my bills. So, you know, if you can't kind of are if you can't see that through, then maybe, you know, now is not the, the right time because I don't want you to hire me if you don't see any value. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're speaking to me. <laughs> I, here's how it sometimes comes out for me. Example, I'm doing a LinkedIn makeover with someone, right? Like, and I want their, I want their LinkedIn presence to align with how they walk around in real life. Yes. And we're talking about the way that they've written their about statement. And my blunt response is, would you actually say that out loud? Right. Yes. <laughs> I get that there's keywords and SEO and some things that we need to think about, but having a bit of a conversational tone, first person, and using your own language, your own style, your own voice. Yes. Can be the difference. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And when, you know, when you think about, I, there was a time when I was doing, I was working in a marketing department and doing a lot of hiring and I would have like a stack of resumes. And when you think about someone kind of going through your LinkedIn profile in the same way, you know, they've got a stack of resumes and it's just like one after the other, same kind of thing. How are you going to stand out? How are you going to make a difference in someone thinking about whether you're that right person for them, for whatever it is, whether it's a client or a partner, or even if you're trying to network with someone and they, and you're thinking about you know, like attending an event, like, and they look at your profile and they're like, who are you? <laughs> you know, what, what, why, who, what? Like at some point you got to be memorable in some way. Right. Yeah. What kind of recommendations do you talk about in terms of first impressions and how they can just get that start. So I know like a lot of your 
your the people you've worked with are having a hard time getting through that initial hurdle of making those connections what do you what advice do you give them about just reaching out and how to make a good impression i think yeah i i, I mean the word that i'm stuck that i'm pausing on is that word authenticity because i think it's a little bit overused and it's the right word yeah right, right. yeah it, it's working on showing up in your own skin. Yeah. Um, maybe some days that needs to be a little bit more professional, but in other circumstances, you know, having the confidence to ask the, the real questions about, you know, what, what's going on, what's really happening yeah. how, and, and being willing to share a little bit of your own experience yeah. and yeah. having some vulnerability around that. You know? Yeah. Here's one thing that I see a lot that is not the right answer. And that's a lot of, I see this really great website, this other firm down this, the street or, you know, a buddy of mine. And can we just do that? Mm. A lot of that on websites and, and, and social media where they're very, very clearly trying to be somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's so painful to watch. It's like, you can almost tell which celebrity they're trying to be or which other firm. And, oh, you know, when people talk about it being cringy, oh, it's so cringy. And because that's really, that's true to that other person. And it's so weird. It's like, you're putting on this strange costume. That's not you. So like the opposite of that <laughs> is the right yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. I, when it, you, you mentioned social media, I, I really think that it lands when I talk with clients about, look, don't feel that you have to self-promote all the time. Yeah. You need to brag a little, but maybe brag on other people. Yes. Right? Yeah. Elevate your friends and your colleagues. And through that. Yeah you'll you'll do your own visibility statement. Yeah, and talk about building that network and those connections. I mean, by doing that, people could not be more appreciative where you're like, oh my gosh, you know I exist. And then you're making this great statement. And like, that's such a great way to build those really strong connections. And I will say, I think LinkedIn is a really good place for that because you always, or not always, but I often will see the secondhand comments like that are one step away. So if I were to comment on our mutual friend post, you would see what I was posting and I could see that you, you know, commented on it. And then you can very quickly kind of ripple out from, from that and build a, a network pretty quickly in LinkedIn. I think it's a really good place for that kind of interaction. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Okay. So I know you talk a lot about these random acts of marketing. And I, I love this idea because it's so painfully true for so many people. So let's dig into that a little bit about how I also call it like shiny object syndrome, where it's like trying all the things. Once again, they sort of see that a colleague or a competitor is doing a thing. And so there's an assumption that they should be doing that too. And how does that not work? And especially in terms of this whole idea that we're trying to like build connections and, you know, how does that kind of work in opposition of that whole idea? Yeah. So this comes up a lot in my coaching. It's just kind of a, a phrase that they get used to me saying, um, let's not 
commit acts of random networking, right? Yeah. Random acts of networking or random acts of lunch or random yeah. acts of conferencing. Yeah. Meaning if you're going to say yes, for example, to writing an article. Yeah. That's a great awareness building activity. And this I'm borrowing from my good friend, Craig Brown, who talks about this. He's a, a fellow business development coach, but he talks about the difference between awareness building activities and connection activities. So if you're going to say yes to writing an article, make sure you leverage that opportunity to generate one-to-one -one contact. Yeah. So maybe you pick three people that you want to reach out to before you write the article to get their opinion, get a quote, ask for some advice. Yeah. Um, the quotes are such a good idea because you can do links. You can backlink to them. People love to be quoted. And then when you post it on LinkedIn, you can tag them. It goes out to their network. Like that's such a good, good idea to way to boost your, your articles and your posts. And then also like boost the audience of how large it gets out to. Uh, 100%. I love that idea. Or maybe you're using it to advance yourself inside the firm, right? Young sure. lawyers, when we talk about building a network, that's it, you have internal clients that you're trying to nurture those relationships. So maybe sure. you decide, I'd really love to write an article about, you know, craft breweries, and I'd like to do more work in that space. So I'm going to figure out how to uh, create a writing opportunity with this one partner in another office that I'd like to do work for because oh, I'm not, that's right? genius. Like, Yes. So yes, spend time on marketing activities, but don't let them suck the life out of you. Make sure that you're using them to create business development activities and one-to-one -one relationships. Oh yeah. And I mean, talk about connection. Like you've got this kind of person that's sort of off in, you know, a different office or something. And like you're describing, and all of a sudden you're working together on an article and it doesn't have to be like you're, you know, sitting there at two in the morning and whatever. Like it can just be a pretty quick and easy email interaction over a Google Doc. But all of a sudden now they get to experience kind of your work ethic, how well you write, and you, you've made this connection. Like that's, it's just enough that you could now, if you were at a networking event, you could easily walk up to that person and start a conversation. Yes. Whereas before that, you've got nothing. <laughs> what, you know, you're going to talk about the weather. Like it's going to be awkward and like you, you know, very superficial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used this tactic a few years ago. In combination with one of my other favorite tactics, which is reconnecting with dormant ties. Right? Oh, I love yeah. this. The okay. people that you used to know, yeah. for whatever reason you've lost touch with, can be really wonderful supporters in your life. Yeah. But we make up stories about why they don't want to hear from us or why oh, they've forgotten yeah. about us, right? But yeah. reconnecting with a dormant tie can be so lovely for both yeah. parties. Yeah. And if we use just a little bit of gratitude remind them about the difference they made in our lives. There's that whole gratitude practice around well-being. Yes. Um, and so I had, I had been invited to speak to a law school class. And so I decided to put together a tip sheet of what do law students need to know about marketing and business development. And I took the opportunity to, to reach out to a bunch of people that I had lost touch with who were all sort of experts in the realm of legal marketing. And connected with them, got their tip for the law students, created a little document. And then I was able to follow up with all of them nice. and, you know, reconnect 
and rekindle those relationships. So smart. I love that. And it's not even necessarily like you can bring this down to just a client relationship too, because there's, we all know, we've heard this a million times about how much more successful it is to farm through your past clients, even if you haven't talked to them in 10 years and like rekindle that relationship like you're describing and just kind of reinvigorate that. And I do this all the time and say, hey, it's been, you know, I've got some people who have websites that are ancient and not in a good way. (laughs) And and it's been so long, like that technology doesn't even barely exist anymore. (laughs) And it's like, come on, you know, let's get, let's get you into the modern day. Let's start, we can start with baby steps because clearly, you know, change is hard. (laughs) So, you know, but I'm here and I'm here to help. And like, hey, before you start thinking about, you know, every time I know you go to an event or a speaking thing, there's, you know, 20 other marketing people there talking to you before you start like entertaining those conversations, let's just take care of this. And like, you know, so that's always going to be one of the best sources of new business is to go back through that pile of people you haven't talked to in however many years. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, it is time for the book review. Okay. So every episode, we have a new book review and we have an awesome library on the website that I like to introduce just because it's got this great set of resources and really cool books, lots of which I had never heard of. And I feel like I am constantly paying attention to all the business books. But so Jennifer, what is the one that you want to recommend and add to the library? This book is called Showing Up. A Comprehensive Guide to Comfort and Connection by Jen Marr. Oh, awesome. This sounds and perfect. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know if you would necessarily find it in the business book category, but it is 100% a business lesson around how we can get better at showing care and comfort to the people in our lives that we know are struggling. Everybody oh, knows... It. Everybody knows someone who's going through it in some way. Yeah. And what Jen talks about in her book is, unfortunately, sometimes we get stuck in what she calls this awkward zone where we know someone is struggling, but we talk ourselves out of showing up for them. Oh, yes. We don't know what to say or do. We think somebody else is going to take care of it. It's not our, our problem or worse. We do show up, but then we try to get them to see the bright side or we we offer solutions. We want to give advice and fix it for them. Yeah. And the book takes you through kind of why, why we're in this awkward zone. Yeah. And how we can learn different, how how we can be self-aware about our natural reactions and how we kind of break through it and learn about some new skills for how we can show up and support people. Oh, because I love it. Everybody needs supportive care from their people, right? right? We've got self-care and we've got professional care, but there's this huge gap in the middle. And this is part of this this notion of social fitness that I've I've talked about and building relationships. Yeah. We need to think about how we maintain our relationships and our level of social connection that we want. Yeah. It won't just happen on its own, just like 
our physical fitness. Right. We have to make intentional plans for how we're going to stay strong and limber and healthy. And all of our relationships need that as well. In the intimate circles, in the broader weak tie circles, and honestly, even with just being out among people who might be strangers. Yes. Well, you know, while you were talking, I'm, I'm picturing this as a system for your client connections too, because at the end of the day, every attorney has a reason for what, why they chose to be an attorney. And it doesn't have to do with the money because there's a lot of other places you could have, you know, so it's not, this is not just about like building your business. This is about being a better attorney and coming back to the reasons why you chose to be an attorney. And so depending on what your practice area is, there's different levels of kind of personal connection that you're going to have with your clients. If you're doing like insurance litigation and you're working with corporations, very different kind of connection. But at the same time, you still have to connect with your clients on some level that probably has, you know, a professional veil over it or whatever, but all the way down to very, very personal things where you absolutely, they absolutely see you as a very trusted confidant and you can't blow these conversations. You can't have these conversations where they just all of a sudden believe that you are a jerk and you don't care or you're pompous or you just don't understand them because they're never going to come back to you. Or they may, like in the middle of the case, go somewhere else to someone who it doesn't matter how qualified they are, they care more. So this is such a critical part of your business, even though it sounds kind of like a strange, I don't know, maybe it doesn't to everybody, but it, it really is at the core of your long-term success. You're making me think of this quote that the author talks about all the time. And it's, let me make sure I get it right. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. a big quote and it it makes sense. And you know, the way the way that that becomes a lifestyle for you is to listen carefully when you're in conversation with people. And I'll just pull up that one episode you did with Celeste Headley was amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. her so much. Yeah. Go listen to yeah. that one. Oh my gosh. And that that whole episode was called something along the lines of why smart lawyers get conversations so wrong. Yeah. And she is an expert. This is not just, you know, once again, this is not just woo-woo. She's talking about the science of what happens in these conversations. And Oh my gosh, thank you for mentioning that because I love that conversation. She really nails it once again about how you can pull people through that journey of really trusting and and believing that you're on their side and and it's complicated. You know, this is not stuff stuff that people are just born know, knowing. Like you really need to work on it. This you is do. this is a learned skill. 100%. I read this cool quote from a New York Times article, and I think this makes sense whether you're talking with your spouse, your best friend, a family member, a client, a coworker, a toddler. <laughs> okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it goes, it says you could ask someone when they're going through something or trying to express something hard. What do you need? Do you want to be helped? Do you want to be heard? Or do you want to be hugged? Yes. Yes. Right. As lawyers and, and as problem solve people like us, sometimes we solve problems. We want to show up and our comfort zone is offering advice. Yep. But yeah, most of the time people don't 
wire. They don't want that. No, no. They want to be heard. They often want to be hugged, even though that could be awkward (laughs) in a business setting. But then once they feel heard and at least some somewhat empathized with, then they are interested in hearing if you are the answer to their problem. But Mm -hmm. I feel like when we were talking about these connections and these first impressions and everything, this is where I see a lot of people getting it wrong. And it's that they're trying to jump to that third stage of offering that solution before they, and you can't skip over those first two parts because otherwise it's just a disaster. So you cannot, you know, what is the monopoly thing where you bypass go and, you know, go straight to, you cannot do that. You have to connect and listen. So I feel like that I was going to ask you for like a big takeaway for the show. But when you just said the part about how you really need to listen, that's kind of what I'm getting from all of this. This conversation is sitting down and listening and being that making that good connection. But would you agree? What do you what do you think the uh, big takeaway overall from the whole conversation that we've been having would be even in cons- in consideration of this book? Because this book sounds like it's like the perfect kind of complimentary piece to the conversation. Yeah. Big takeaway. Listening is a skill. Social fitness is an imperative, just like your physical fitness is getting proper sleep, eating well. We need meaningful social connections in our life. Yep. And that requires some intention and some planning and some practice. It is not something that just takes care of itself. Yeah. A hundred percent. And then everything flows from there. Once you make those connections, because I've found that once we figure those things out, once you figure out like how to make those connections in terms of your marketing, the overall marketing plan, which means both online, offline networking, all of the pieces that are going to drive all of the, you know, the referrals and the traffic and the connections and all of that stuff. And once you figure that out, then it becomes easier. Instead of you kind of feeling like you're going against the grain and working so hard at it. Once you've done it really well, all of a sudden the people come in and I found this myself. Once I nailed the messaging and, and my, you know, everything got into the right place, the, the sales calls would start with, well, I just, I just already know that you're the right person for me. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, you do. <laughs> That's it. That's perfect. And how happy are you that you get to work with clients who get you? Exactly. Exactly. Because it does weed out the red flags too. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, that's a really important thing we could have a whole nother show on is that all of that bad work that's not the right fit go somewhere else. And because it kind of, it it does that important work of saying to those people, no, not quite. This is not for you. (laughs) And those are some tough conversations that I've had with clients. Like, I think you need to say no. Yes. But that's scary. Yeah. Right. It is hard, but that's where growth comes from. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Awesome. Jennifer Forster is a business development coach and works with lawyers and has all of these great tips and tricks and can really get it all on the right path so that this stuff all starts to fall in place and work together. This was a really cool conversation, super different than a lot of like the conversations that we have about like SEO and like general marketing tactics, but I feel like this is at the core of it. And so it's, it's, you know, a, such an important and critical place to start. And if you haven't done it right, it's going to be messy. Everything's not going to be quite right. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.